You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. The Premier League All Access podcast is proud to be brought to you by Ladbrokes. Stay ahead of all the big games in the best league in the world, the Premier League. With the latest odds, form guides, expert opinions and more, the fans of the players at Ladbrokes. Are you in? Let's go. Play at ladbrooks.com, 18 plus, begambleaware.org. T's and C's apply. This is a game day podcast from Talk Sport. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Game Day Premier League preview podcast from TalkSport with me, Sam Matterface, keeping a closer eye on the Premier League this week than the All Blacks are on England training. Nicole Holliday's here. Hello. Hello. You all right? I'm good. How are you? Very good, thank you. And David Connolly, who is more prolific at Wimbledon than Roger Federer, is here. Hello. That's a very good one, Sam. Yeah, ace. Uh, Right, coming up, Prickly Pep under pressure. Sunday fun day with four key games, including Spurs going to Anfield. Game day starts with Villa at City, but there could be a Friday night fright for Southampton who entertain Leicester before that and are Burnley about to experience showtime at Turf Moor everything you need ahead of the weekend in the time it takes Jack Grealish to have one of his little power naps this is game day from TalkSport this is game day Premier League preview show David Conley coming back for more two in a row who dropped out I've no idea. <laughs> Super sub. Um. Uh, last week you said that Arsenal were on the verge of something special. Did you mean wow. by that the incredibly amazing achievement <laughs> of having a strike force worth over £150 million and not being able to score against newly promoted Sheffield United? Mm. Well, yes, but I think I also have said on this show previously that Sheffield United will do very well in the Premier League. So yeah. I think that... Nicole Holiday is a massive Arsenal oh, fan. Quick Sam. word on the Gunners before we move on. Great. OK, <laughs> let's get on with it then. To Sterling now. Sterling flicks it on. David Silva to meet it, and David Silva scores. And in a blink of an eye, Crystal Palace have conceded two goals, and Manchester City have asserted their authority of the game. Villa go forward and have an opportunity and score, and John McGinn has given Aston Villa the lead. Mares kills it left footed. Oh, it's magnificent from Riyad Mahrez. And it's another big moment for Manchester City. Mahrez killed it absolutely superbly. Here's Grealish running into the penalty area. Into Wesley! And Aston Villa have re-established the lead with the Brazilian Wesley touching the ball in at the near post. I'll be at Manchester City against Aston Villa on Saturday for game day, a game available across the whole of the world on Premier League Live. So Manchester City have just got six points between them and Liverpool now, which I suppose, David, in effect, it sort of means that the title is in their hands again, because if they win every single one of their games, then they'll be on the same points as Liverpool. But it's, it's way too early to be discussing that. Of course, we're only in October. But I don't know about you, but I'm kind of pleased that it's a little bit closer than it was. Does everyone except for Liverpool fans feel like that? Um, probably. I think that uh, obviously Liverpool played first for two weeks 
weeks in a row, didn't they? Mm. One, put the pressure back on City. Mm. Obviously, they struggled, particularly against Wolves with how they were playing. Um, but they bounced back, got the three points last week, which I thought was looked like a pretty tricky game. On paper, it did, the didn't Palace it? Palace one. Yeah, because you felt that, well, you know, Palace done quite well against City previously. Um, they liked to counter-attack, and, but actually, they just didn't really lay a glove on City. They were very, very comfortable. Yeah, I just get the feeling that eight, nine points, ten points at this stage sort of cues us up for months and months of boredom. Not bored, no. Do you know what? I want it to be more competitive. I think that's it's, what I mean. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. It's too, the gap's too large. Then we just sort of like, boring. Oh. Exactly. I, I mean, it's a shame that you know it's kind of for the next however many seasons going to be against Manchester City or Liverpool. Really, I can't see anyone else really knocking on that door. Not Arsenal. Unless they. Not Arsenal. No. They're on the verge of saying not special. Arsenal. <laughs> quote, end quote. Leicester. We're not. Maybe. Leicester, yeah. Who Leicester knows? have been playing very, very well. And they Arsenal. could be a surprise. <laughs> Do you know what? I would, I would love to say that Arsenal could maybe come knocking in the next couple of seasons but I do not see it happening no um, I think it's worth mentioning that, uh, a bit of pressure a bit of respect Pep Guardioli and, and I had a, a tetchy exchange after the game against Palace have a listen is it because of the fact that you work so hard on the training ground and you're so detailed with your you preparation you cannot imagine to make 190 points destroy the Premier League creating standards that never before has done is because we work a lot mm. but of course and it's, and not, an open, it it's an open and training session it. yeah it's always easy when you win yeah, yeah. it's always easy because we spend a lot of money and uh, the others are a disaster teams yeah, yeah. when the balls win is because they are exceptional so we are a, a disaster and this kind of situations so I know how it works so are you suggesting I don't by like the way when you're we talking... win is because it's easy I don't like that I accept the critics but I don't like when the people can think about because we win it, everything is easy. Because, of course, that, that is not nice. In truth, he had a tetchy exchange with absolutely everyone. everyone <laughs> he uh, is incredible. Uh, not just after games, pre-games. Yeah. Have you heard his press conferences? He is... Like I wouldn't want to interview him before the game or after. Uh, he's not. I don't think it's anything against you, Sam. No. Well, you never know. It might. Well, be. He thinks you're a terrible person. Yeah. <laughs> uh, basically, he wanted everyone to know that being Pep and creating the wonderful kaleidoscope of Manchester mm. City was not easy. He works hard. It's not routine. And we we can't. We mere mortals can't believe how hard he has to work. Trust him. We don't know. I mean, only we have all read the books and we've all seen that schmaltzy documentary and we all been to the CFA and had a good old look over the fence and we do kind to get it and I guess what he doesn't realise is we all do a little bit of prep as well it wasn't the perfect place to do the interview he was desperately trying to get out of the mm. door because he had a plane to catch uh, and we were chasing him and he didn't want to do it and blah 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 but I don't get why he's so touchy I don't get why he's so sarcastic we talk about not getting enough respect is he already feeling the pressure here do you think no I just think you know I don't think he's a fan of the media full stop mm. his pre-game press conferences are atrocious when you listen to him and Jurgen Klopp who obviously has the room in the palm of his hand mm -hmm. you know he's so charismatic whereas Pep just can't wait to get out of there I mean it's one word answers it's very to the point and you just feel like he's always running to do something next mm -hmm. whether that's on the field or what he's planning next or how to win a game he just sees the press I think as a byproduct and he He'd just rather get on with it and get. Although I do have mm. a funny story about a pep oh, press conference. Go on. Uh, I did a game for Talk Sport um, at Oxford in the Cup last season. Okay. And um, Martin Kean was there, who's also works for Talk Sport. He said, "Oh, come up, I'll see you in the room after." Yeah, no problem. So I just bar straight into this room and straight into the middle of pep press conference. So I looked <laughs> the, at me and the, the room goes silent. Hi, Pep. The the room did go silent, but he looked. Um, he looked. He got, I got to say, he did look good. He looked well. 
And um, he gave me a little, thanks, see you soon. I was like, yeah, no worries, Pep. Are you trying to say you had a little flirt? Yeah. So it, I, what's I, happening? I, I know, I was... That, that's your story. Yeah. You flirted with Pep Guardiola. Me and Pep. Wow. You gate-crashed his press conference and turned it into a flirt-off. And even his trainers... You and Keown. I, I'm yes. not surprised that you actually got a little bit further on the line well, with Keown. Well, that's true. That, Keon, he would two-footed his, his, his flirting skills aren't the best. Um, I'm sure he's also worried about the injuries that he's picked up, especially in that central area. Yeah. Rodri picking up another one in the Champions League this week. Yeah, that's exactly exactly what I was going to say. I think, look, we all know there probably is pressure on Pep. Um, I do agree that Klopp does come across. He's just he's just a bit more, not charismatic. That's that's maybe a bit of an unfair word against Pep. But there's something more, more happy and more likeable maybe about Klopp. Pep does seem to, yeah, not have so much time. But I think he probably is under a lot of pressure right now. And with these injuries, he just seems really stressed. I mean, did you see him having a go at Stones? Yeah. And in the Champions League in the week. Because he wasn't ready to come on the exactly. pitch when he wanted him to come on the pitch. And Pep was Because Stones should have furious. predicted that Rodri was going to pull his hamstring. No, but as soon as you see that happen, as a player, surely your instinct is yeah. right up straight yeah. away, getting ready to get on and replace him. And Pep was fuming. And again, I think that's probably an over-exaggeration because at the moment, all we, all, the last thing he needs is another injury. How long do you put up with that as a player? That constant, incessant, non-stop, demanding intensity from oh. your manager. Yes, but you obviously know... No, no, listen, I'm a big fan of his. I think he's a genius. Yeah. But I do think he could, could conduct... If he wants longevity at each club, which he doesn't, because he's only interested in four or five years, if he wanted longevity at each club, he would either turn the squad over quicker or he would maybe deal with them a little bit hey, better. Look, we know He's probably good around some of the players, I'm sure. We know what, for example, Zlatan thinks of him, don't we? That he can't yes, handle big characters. Yeah. And, and, and obviously, Thierry Henry. And Thierry Henry. So, you know, Pep has his ways. He has his little... Um, mannerisms he's very demanding obviously and I think for Stones he's probably thinking there well hang on a minute why wasn't I starting anyway mm. you know I'll, I'll be ready in two ticks and it's not that big a deal but I have worked with managers who you know will lose their call at times like mm. that look in the end it was a comfortable victory right yeah. but at that time that wasn't the case so we obviously wanted him on the pitch uh, Aston Villa are unbeaten in four matches winning three of them they've had a testing time in the Premier League at the beginning of the season. They've got an upcoming testing time as well with City this weekend, then Wolves twice, Liverpool at home sandwiched in between. What can Dean Smith do to mitigate the damage or or can Villa be the latest Norwich slash Wolves, do you think, oh, Nicole? Oh, I don't see it happening. I mean, I think they'll go into it fairly confident. Um, Grealish will be feeling pretty confident at the moment, I expect. Mm. Um, but Manchester City at home as well, at the Etihad, I don't, I just don't see anything working really for Villa. Ever have a nap to get yourself uh, right on course? Gra Jack yes. Grealish's secret to success has been 40-minute naps. So weird. Yeah. I think a lot of players really? did that. Yeah, we all did that. So we do, especially with an evening game. Now, it's hard to fit it in if you're playing at three o'clock and you've got to be there at one o'clock and you've got to eat at twelve o'clock. How do you get off though? I mean, by the you time know? you put your head on the pillow and you've had a you know a couple of thoughts to get you away. Don't know, just listen to a boring podcast or something. Like okay, this well, one. there we go. <laughs> that was the joke. <laughs> Uh, right, City have won seven of their last eight. They're certainly not in crisis by any stretch of the imagination. They had Walker, Otamendi, Stones all on the pitch at the same time at one point in midweek, which must bode well for the upcoming weekend, as does the fact that they've scored 24 goals in their last six home league games against the Villa. And they were all pre-Pep. 
Right, let's turn our attention to Liverpool against Tottenham and Anfield on Sunday. Tottenham hoping uh, that Tuesday's five-star showing against the hapless Red Star will get them into good form. Liverpool dropping points for the first time this season away at Manchester United, but they have only lost one of their last 13 Premier League games with Spurs. How will Klopp approach this game, David? Um, I think he's going to approach it pretty much as he has done most of the games, going for the victory. Now, they drew against Man United last season, so I don't think that's any real surprise. Obviously, when they're playing against United, it's a completely different game, so form kind of goes out the window. You've got to say, Oli put on a tactical masterclass, really, certainly in the first half, to surprise them. Because, obviously, Klopp would have prepared... I guess just to play against United how they normally do a 4-2-3-1 for example he would nowhere have thought oh hang on a minute they're going to play a 3-5-2 basically mm. and try and pin us back so I think it caught them unaware but they improved certainly in the second half great to see finally players like Oxley Chamberlain former teammate Adam Lallana former teammate getting on the pitch having an impact and your I think, former teammates you're talking yeah, about and yeah and it's really good because obviously they've come in for a fair amount of stick right they've both suffered a lot mm -hmm. of injuries yeah. former's tailed off players are um, not players but certainly the, the fans are wondering you know what are they offering to the team so hopefully now they're fit they will be able to offer something and come off the bench and make a difference ironically Lallana will be going up against Potts who he had um, at Southampton and I think look the draw for them I think was a decent result in the end for Liverpool and they'll just be thinking right that's one draw they don't want too many of them mm -hmm. and, and they had too many last season seven but that's one of them I think they'll probably accept that but certainly at home they'll be thinking three points here OK our Twitter takeover this week is the Tottenham fans uh, from Talking THFC on Twitter Sean Cook has sent us this his talking points ahead of the trip to Anfield Hi guys, Sean here from Talking THFC and these are my Spurs talking points ahead of Liverpool this weekend. So first up, are doubts beginning to creep in over Danny Rose? Now some may find this controversial, but I think we've seen enough of him at left back for Spurs. His mistake in the build up to Watford's opener at the weekend was costly to say the least. And overall, he's just lost that spark he had back in 2016 when some considered him the best left back in Europe. Ben Davies started against Red Star and played rather well, so I'd expect him to keep that role from now on. Next up, could the goal against Watford be the beginning of something for Delhi Alley? Towards the end against the Hornets on Saturday, Delhi really started to get into the game and scoring his first goal since January could do his confidence the world of good. We saw that when Lucas Moura went off, he was able to play closer to Harry Kane in that sort of false nine role, a position he thrived in two seasons ago. We saw against the Serbian champions on Tuesday night that he's already looking better for it. And finally, what can Spurs learn from Liverpool so far this campaign? So we saw in that 1-0 win over Sheffield United at Bramwell Lane for Klopp's side and the draw at Old Trafford at the weekend that Liverpool do struggle when facing teams with five at the back. By doing so, it stops Firmino from playing to his full potential and nullifies their fullbacks. If Pochettino selects the right players, a 5-3-2 or 3-5-2 formation could do the trick for Spurs at Anfield. Sean, a little bit critical of Danny Rose and his performances, especially in that game against Watford to start with. Do you think Ben Davis will play in that position at the weekend? Look, I Is that a better to, option? Yeah, well, my, I'm not surprised because um, I think he said there controversially and then said his statement about Danny Rose. I don't think that's a very controversial opinion. Not amongst or, Spurs fans. Yeah, all my, all my friends that are Spurs fans, which are actually most of my friends, they've not been a fan of Danny Rose for a, a little while now, um, particularly this season. And... 
I'm not surprised at that at all. I don't think that he's been particularly great for Spurs. I don't think he was helped where obviously they played a back three, wing backs and you know it wasn't working, changed at half time and I think probably in a back four would be more settled. I think it's I think it's a bit harsh on on Danny um, and I think he's just suffering like a lot of the players there but they bounce back and mm -hmm. often you have this where you have you know certain pundits who say oh the you know Tottenham's at the end and need a clear out and it's all that you know I still think Poch is in there fighting away and I think they'll be able to turn this around I'm not saying they're going to necessarily get a victory or you know something like that up at Liverpool but I think if Son plays I think it'll be a real threat in behind I think if they play a settle back forward they'll be much better well you think a back four then you think it, yes. they, they need to play that formation absolutely yeah and I thought they were just caught out against Watford and arguably look they should have been two down could have easily been two down I mean it, I think it was certain penalty on Delefeu absolute certain pen so they can from probably Vertonga, yeah. from Vertonga so they can probably absolutely. count themselves lucky well, a quick word on Deli Alley because he has looked a, a lot better in recent games but mm -hmm. can you get too excited about a game against Red Star Belgrade where the defending was absolutely no. abysmal no I'm quite happy for him because I feel like he has had another player that's had a lot of stick recently um, his form's kind of dropped off but he did look quite good the other night obviously you know when you're playing someone like Red Star Belgrade they, they didn't play fantastically is that you know the best game to judge him on probably not but I think he played quite well I read something in the newspaper this morning that I thought was actually quite savage and it was basically saying he's still not good enough and it was just a piece slating Delhi wow. and I thought that was a little bit harsh when I do think his we can see he is improving yeah I think so I mean um, look I, I, I sort of looked at Palace I looked at Tottenham and I looked at the players they got and obviously you had Benteke right sign a new deal this week and I looked at those Tottenham players and thinking right well why has it taken Tottenham so long why haven't they why didn't they extend these players contracts when they had well, time it's and slightly all, different isn't it because Benteke would have been it. absolutely desperate to sign a new one-year deal because he scored one goal in 29 now 30 appearances whereas those players were all performing at the top of their game and they mm -hmm. think they deserved a lot more so we're expecting bigger and better well, maybe deals that, yes, but rather the point than just is, a one-year extension but maybe they should have got bigger and better deals like mm. the Harry Kane maybe. did or, I'm not saying to the exact level but yeah We'll see. Uh, seven Liverpool players are on the list for the nominees of the Ballon d'Or. Congratulations to them and to the eventual winner, Virgil van Dijk. Well done. <laughs> uh, Tottenham haven't won at Anfield since May 2011. Goals that day from, can you remember? 2011. 2011, can you tell me? Edgar Davids. Nope. Raphael van der Vaart. Oh. oh, didn't see that coming, did you? No. Nope. And Luka Modric. <laughs> oh, Modric. Okay, still to come, a good gander at Norwich against Manchester United and Burnley versus Chelsea. But first, here's Tom Rennie with the details of West Ham against Sheffield United. Back in 2007, Sheffield United got relegated from the Premier League and according to Neil Warnock, Kevin McCabe and incredibly Lord Griffiths in the Court of Arbitration, it was all the fault of Carlos Tevez. That decision, which cost West Ham years of court fees and compensation, has led to this match becoming something of a rivalry in recent times. Their last meeting at the Bolin in 2014 saw Hammers fans wearing Tevez masks, maybe as a way to raise money for that ridiculous fine handed out, or maybe to psych out their since relegated foes. It didn't work, the Blades won. In 2019, West Ham are more stable off the field, but on the field, well, who knows what you're going to get. They had an off day at Palace, which turned fully stale against Everton last week. Manuel Pellegrini, usually so charming, was visibly irritated by just how bad they were at Goodison and will surely bring Andrei Yarmolenko back into his team. 
The Blades bossed Arsenal on Monday, and in Oli Norwood, they have one of the league's most dictatorial midfielders. And that will be a key battleground in this one. Who can stop him controlling the play on the wide-open spaces of London Stadium? Up top, Lise Mousset scored his second of the season and has earned the right to start. Oli McBurney is pushing for a recall alongside. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The Premier League All Access podcast is proud to be brought to you by Ladbrokes. There's a lot more to those 90 minutes than what goes down on the pitch. With the latest odds, form guides and expert opinions, you'll know the score with Labrooks. Odds update on Talk Sport with Labrooks. Are you in? Let's go. Play at labrooks.com, 18+, be gambleaware.org, T's and C's apply. On Sunday, Jolly Ollie takes Manchester United to Carrow Road. Now, the one thing I thought about Sunday afternoon's draw with Liverpool is that with Pereira flying in, Rashford tracking back, grafting, tackle snapping in the middle of the park, United, whose manager told us they were going to be fitter than ever before this season because he was going to put them through a really tough pre-season gruelling schedule, uh, have set the bare minimum standard now on work rate and application for the rest of the season. No Manchester United fan should accept them tailing off now. This club is in a bind. It needs, at the very least, that level of effort week in, week out, don't you think? Absolutely. I mean, um, I think that's a given, certainly at Old Trafford and against, obviously, Liverpool, their arch rivals. Mm. And you've got to remember, they only had a couple of days to work on this shape. Um, now, Oli said that, I guess, in a little bit, putting it out there in terms of, didn't they do really well with two days? Yeah. But also, you could say, if they'd have got beaten, it would have been saying, well, what are you doing playing that shape? You've just cobbled it together <laughs> in a couple of days. As it is, I think it, it worked certainly very well for the first 45. And it, and it bodes well, because it suits a lot of their players. Mm. Certainly suits Rash, because he's operating in that little half space. It, it worked for Daniel James, because I think he is a left-sided player, and that's when he's looked dangerous. But he's much better on the right. You know, than Rashford is. So he gets something out of both of those two. And I think, I guess, the back three and the two wing backs, once someone like you know, Luke Shaw gets back fit, you think he'd be able to operate that role pretty well. Martial will probably be fully fit for this game, won't he? I mean, he's one of those players who seems to have got a lot better since being out with injury. Um, could United go on a run here? No win in five games domestically. They've got Norwich next, Bournemouth next, then Brighton, then Sheffield United, then Villa. Or should I rephrase that and say, do they have to go on a run now? I think that I think they've got to. I mean, what I found really interesting was that Ole Gunnar Solskjaer said he was disappointed to walk away with one point versus Liverpool. It's a little bit like, Oli, have you have you seen Manchester United at the moment this season compared to Liverpool? What were you really expecting? Obviously, United do have a really good record against Liverpool at Old Trafford, but 
you know, I think that they did quite well to come away really with one point against Liverpool. I suppose it was because the goal came so late and they'd, of but course. it had been coming, hadn't it? But that's of not course. the only game. They they were up at half-time against Arsenal, Liverpool yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and against Wolves and Southampton. Mm-hmm. They've been up. They've it's a problem. More, I think they've dropped more points from winning positions in the last 15 minutes than most teams. But that's because, you know why? Because they're not getting another goal. They just don't get that second goal to kill teams off. That's Nothing to do with not issue. being fit enough just as he professed they were going to be. Not good enough. Not, okay, I, th- enough. I honestly think just not good enough. Uh, I think Ole Gunnar Solskjaer needs a run of wins. I think United need that. Um, I actually called Rashford out uh, just after the international break saying that I think we need to see a lot more from him. And then he obviously scored. Oh, he listens, Uh, obviously. (laughs) He heard me. Shout out, Marcus. Um, But I do think that they all need to step up. I think if I mean, they're currently 14th, Mm. 14th in the Premier League table. I mean, that's just a a bit mental, really, for Manchester United. So they, they need a win. Norwich looking to become the first promoted club since Wolves and Pompey 16 years ago to beat both Manchester clubs in the same season. And if they're going to get anything this season at all, Norwich, it's probably going to be at home, isn't it? Because away from home, they've scored one goal. Yes, one goal. But they did get their first point didn't they, on the road, yes, which, was, which is yes. important for them. I mean, that's a little... How mon- was Bournemouth Norwich nil-nil, Well, yes, I know. But at least it's that kind of monkey off their back and they can, you know, I guess, focus on their home form, which, look, they were superb against City. I was at Carroll Road against mm-hmm. Newcastle where mm. they obviously blew them away. But you've got to think that probably United will have their tails up here from that from that decent performance so it's going to be it's going to be a hard one for them what's happened to their finished striker he's gone from being a Pookie blinder to being as useful as Rod oh. Hull and Timu I think he's great Pookie look we need to give him a few more chances a few more games before we start getting on his back um, I mean I, I don't know obviously peaking a bit at the moment but I think he'll he'll get those goals. Maybe maybe this weekend. I don't want to be, be grot bags here, but uh, they are playing Amadou in defence, who predominantly is a central midfield player. Half fit Godfrey. How do they tackle this game? Because they can't just rely on a full noisy Carrow Road. Can no, they? no, they can't. But what they will do, they'll still try and dominate the ball. You know, and that might be their best chance because I don't think United will. So I think they'll be bold. They'll be brave. Um, I thought they were much better defensively. They won far more in the air. And I think they're going to face more aerial challenges, you know, more longer passes from the likes of McLean, Amadou. So I think actually they might do OK here because United are not going to... Mm. I don't think United are going to pass through them. No. Certainly. No, It'll be I the other way so. round. So we'll see how they go. They've got their first clean sheet, which I think when you're a striker, it's really important because Pookie invariably has got to score one, two. They've got to score two to three to win a game. Now, if they can build on that clean sheet, then it means you're under a little bit less pressure to go mm-hmm. and score goals. Is it fair to say that she didn't get my Rod Hull and Emu yes. joke? <laughs> what? You? Yeah. I, I think didn't. I think it flew over there. Okay. <laughs> I don't even know what you're talking about. Um, now, do you remember when Dallas and Dynasty were gripping television viewers? Oh, God, no. no. Do you? Obviously. Yeah. <laughs> Steven Spielberg produced Close Encounters of the Third Kind and Blackadder was launched. Well, the people of Burnley do. Seizing on an error at the back between two Sheffield United centre-halves. And for the second game in a row, Abraham has a brace for Chelsea. Have the London Blues finally found a striker worthy of the number nine shirt? Westwood has scored direct from a corner before. And it's high towards the far post. Arriving is Jeff Hendrick with the volley. And Everton's soft defensive centre is exposed yet again. They've conceded from a set-piece yet again. And it was all too easy. 
Yes, Burnley Chelsea kicks off at 5.30 on game day on TalkSport and across the world on Premier League Live. Burnley looking to beat Chelsea at the at Turf Moor for the first time since April 1983. And if there was a game that might undo Chelsea, it's well organised Burnley with their direct physical front play from Barnes, who should be back soon, and Wood. That might just end this run of Premier League wins. Three and on the spin now for Frank, because... I suppose, David, if anyone's going to have a cunning plan, it's going to be Sean Dyche. Absolutely. I mean, you know, they were really unlucky, I felt, against Leicester because it was a very emotional game, wasn't it? Obviously, with the sort of tribute to the former owner um, and obviously up against a lesser side who are really talented he scored two terrific goals obviously mm. the winner from Tielemans was ex- exceptional but I think Burnley can count themselves really unlucky they scored a great goal themselves brilliant ball in from McNeil and a terrific header what a header from from Wood so yes they're going to make this difficult horrible ugly but they can also play and they've got real threats so this will be a game that Chelsea will know that they're going to be in for one and also you've got to remember Chelsea now are entering this phase where you know they're Saturday they're Tuesday they're mm. going away they're Valencia's they're in Ajax you know it's it's game relentless game after game after game he's yeah, got a lot Ajax, of young Wednesday, players Wednesday Saturday Absolutely. Burnley yeah. 5.30 Wednesday yeah. night Man yeah, United it might take it out of you well this is where I don't know if you saw Patrice Everest saying that at Juventus it's a small squad as well they had one day off they would have one day off a month at Juventus. Wow. Now I remember when I was when I was playing for Ireland and we had some of the United boys. We'd be going back on the on the Ryanair flight or the Aer Lingus flight. <laughs> it leaves in six hours time. The United boys are on a be on a private plane. They'll be back. You know they'll be getting ready for their next Champions League game. And that's the difference. Now a lot of these players, the Chelsea boys, they'll be you know just rele- it's a relentless wheel, hamster wheel. They're just going and going and going. Now whether Burnley can capitalise on that, you know after this midweek Champions League game, we'll have to wait and see because a lot of young players. It, it probably will take it out of them Well, that's some the point. key thing, isn't it? Because it's OK for William, for Afpilicueta, for even Arida Balaga are all used mm-hmm. to this kind of sort of hamster wheel. But for Mason Mount, for Tami Tamori, Tami, they've played in the Championship. There's a lot of games in that competition as well. But this is a different level and playing those games every few days might eventually cause them to have a bit of a mid-season Absolutely. Blip. I think it's going to be tough and I think we'll probably see the repercussions of that uh, the further along we go throughout the season. Obviously, like you said just a minute ago, you know, they don't have the widest squad depth, really, Chelsea now. Um, so you are relying heavily on these younger, kind of less experienced players. Mm. Um, don't get me wrong, they've been absolutely fantastic. Tammy Abraham has been brilliant for Chelsea. Um, and I think considering the transfer ban, considering what I thought the season was going to shape out to be for Chelsea it's actually been a really pleasant surprise Um, I'm kind of backing them it won't be Burnley will make it difficult for sure but I think you know they've done they've had uh, in all competitions the past six games won five lost one I think they're they're looking good at the moment they're two points short of City in the table right now I think think they're they're having a great season Mm. I think the positive for them was that they got a clean sheet against Newcastle which was I think really important for them when they won the league when Frank was playing in 04-05 they only conceded 15 goals the whole season mm. they're nearly at 15 already now that's Sheesh. that's, that's uh, symptomatic I think of where they are but they're a, they're a kind of work in motion you know and he's getting there and I think that clean sheet's really important for them they've shown away from home in the Champions League they can win they did it at Lille and I think that obviously if they can keep some clean sheets then it's going to really help them I, I think they'll certainly be up there challenging with that top mm-hmm. four one of the big problems for them in terms of keeping clean sheets though is keeping Ngolo Conte fit and I think unless he becomes 
available more consistently, Chelsea are going to have a, a blip at some point because his absence is is leaves a big hole. And, and while you've got people covering up the moment and, that, and that's working okay for, he's almost like having two players on a team. The differences in their performances when he's in the eleven is unreal. Yeah, it is. I mean, obviously we know his quality, and he has been missed. You know, Jorginho does not have the. It's been of, impressive, Jorginho, but he he's not been, in Golo Conte. No, and there aren't many that are that can get around the pitch like he can. And what I would say is if you compare, say, the kids of Chelsea and the kids of Arsenal who do brilliantly, you know, against the likes of Standard Liège and they struggle in the Premier League, you know, the, mm. the great thing for those Chelsea kids is that not only are they doing it in, in, in Europe, they're obviously doing it in the Premier League. Are they on the verge of something special, do you think? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag just asking. Um, one of those kids that we like is uh, Callum Hudson-Odoi. Yes. Cho, C-H-O. Um, what an impact he has made since coming into the team. I mean, he was brilliant last week. I mean, I think he's only Wayne Rooney has come up with more assists in the first few games or Michael Owen has come up with the, yeah. the assists in the first few games. I mean, he wouldn't... Would he be getting a chance if Hazard was there? Probably not, because Hazard, that's his left role. Yeah. You know, Callum, mm-hmm. when he came in on the He's keeping Pulisic out of the team. He's keeping Pulisic, but obviously that's, you know, I think that's, you can understand that. Now, when he got his first chance on Dasari, he played in the Community Shield, Hudson Adoy, and we didn't see him for about six mm. months. And then obviously he was selected for England. There was a big clamour. He was only 18, yes. But then when Sorry gave him his, his head, he played him a lot on the right. And that is not his position. He wants to play on the left. That is his favourite role. Now Hazard's not there. It just, just gives him that little bit of space to go and develop. So, OK, everyone's going to miss a player like Eden Hazard, but obviously it just allows Hazard Adoy to come through. Yeah, he's fantastic. But I don't know, they, they still don't have that proper replacement yet for Hazard is, is I think, maybe going forward where they will struggle. They've got William, who's suddenly coming good. Yeah, so, you yeah, know, no, maybe William some of the others are stepping good. up. The yeah, experience true. of William. Everyone's talking about that, aren't <laughs> they, this week? <laughs> you know, it's not just about the kids. William's here still. <laughs> uh, right, let's get to events at uh, Vicarage Road. Here's Tom Rennie again. It's a bleak time for bottom of the table Watford. Defeat in this run and they'll remain at the foot after 10 games, usually the point in which teams assess what kind of season they're going to have. The Hornets are without a win in their opening nine Premier League fixtures this season. If they fail to beat Bournemouth, they will equal their longest start to a league campaign without victory. That was set back in 2006. Against Tottenham, though, they were bright and they looked to have the old Abdullah Decore back as well. He put in his best performance of this season and not before time. Up front, there's still problems, however. Andre Gray looks bereft of confidence. Troy Deeney is still out and the perma-croc Danny Welbeck, well, is crocked again. For Bournemouth, they just could not find the net against Norwich City as Eddie Howe continues to look for the right combination to support Callum Wilson. Dominic Solanke has tried every position, it seems, across the front line. Maybe Howe will decide ahead of this one. His best position is on the bench and bring back Josh King. That flank against the Canaries also brought a rarity to the Vitality Stadium, a clean sheet in their first goalless draw for a year, suggesting the focus on defence may be cost them in attack. Serving up dreams like a waiter on roller skates, it's the Dream Team Butler. Hello, Andrew, how are you? <laughs> Hello, Sam. They're really developing with this uh, yeah. Butler theme, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The treasure trove that is Arsenal Palace for you this week. How many people in Dream Team have picked up Pepe Le Few? 
Uh, well, no, he's but gone down. The few goals. He's gone down, but he's still one of the best performers, would you believe? It's because he gets on the ball so much, um, according to the who scored algorithm, which is what we use um, for our rating system, um, he keeps on picking up points, which I know is uh, slightly counterintuitive. He's not scoring. I know he's not scoring, but he's doing something. He <laughs> okay. is doing something on the pitch. Sometimes good, sometimes not so good. But, and, um, and of all those people that have got him in their dream team, how many of them are happy with a few points? Uh, not too many, but he's uh, he's got 38 points this season. You really have to look at Aubameyang. But this se- this uh, weekend coming up, look at a- Alexandra Lacazette. He's only been picked by 3.6% of teams. Okay. So um, that's uh, the one that you'll want to be looking at possibly because so few teams have got him he might be your hidden gem why that's but, quite offensive well because he's been injured obviously yeah. Yeah. sure but we know his his ability and he, you uh, just uh, whack him in your team when you need him mm. is he the kind of, I'm a bit concerned though about Arsenal taking on Crystal Palace because Crystal Palace are, are pretty much the tightest of tight units aren't they I mean they only conceded a couple of goals against Manchester City apart from their mad 32 minutes against Tottenham Hotspur they've got one of the best defences in the league yeah Crystal Palace are an interesting team in, in terms of just picking players I actually dug out this stat very very recently Ooh, yes. there's only seven teams yet to have a player who've registered more than 40 points in the dream team so far this season Palace okay. are one of them yet oh. they're sixth in the Premier League which shows that they're probably you know, they're, they're producing beyond their they're means. punching above mm. their weight. Possibly, possibly. I mean, fifth versus sixth as well. This game, it's um, it wouldn't. I wouldn't have had this down as a fifth versus sixth encounter at the start. How, of the do, how do you feel about this game, Nicole? How do I feel? Are I give up at the moment. No, I'm not. No, I'm not, Sam. I'm not looking forward to it at all. Uh, Monday night, we lost to Sheffield United. I just, at the moment, I, I just don't know what's happening with Arsenal. I don't know what we're doing. Emery what, in, Emery out. Well, I mean, obviously, that's a, a, a that's being a little bit um, over, over the top because obviously he's, a, he's, he's got a year left on his contract. He, he, he's out of contract in the summer. Is there a groundswell of opinion that he is the right man, the wrong man? What's the feeling? Do you know amongst what? Amongst your, you know, I know you sit sit there every week in your season ticket in your Arsenal jersey, reading all the tweets on Twitter. <laughs> uh, it's a weird one because I, I'm not Unai Emery out because I don't think he's done anything sort of bad enough yet to warrant it. Uh, and we're fifth at the moment. We've not had a bad start to the season, but do I think he's the be all and end all? Do I think he's the answer to Arsenal's? problems over the past few years no I don't I don't really think so Kieran Tierney worth yeah. getting in now uh, possibly yeah I mean I'm, I'm a massive fan of Tierney yeah, myself he's so good he's, he's been absolutely fantastic mm-hmm. I've been to the, a couple of um, Arsenal games in which he's featured um, and he just looks like the real deal gets the ball out of his feet whips in the delivery early and you know with Lacazette back and Aubameyang in there yeah then like they're that's not a place where Arsenal struggle really with mm. it and it's goals and um, and I, I really like the look of Tierney I think he could be the best Arsenal left back since Ashley Cole Ooh, big shout uh, Friday night uh, Southampton against Leicester Musa Gnepo he's still not fit I've had to sack him off in the end I've run out of patience every time I think he's going to be fit for this weekend he's not and I don't even know if he's going to be ready for this weekend so Southampton where am I looking? It's got to be Danny Inks. 
just mm-hmm. I know mm-hmm. it's a really it seems like an obvious choice if you if you're desperate to get a Southampton player in not Yannick Vestergaard no, no not yeah. quite Vestergaard um, Vestergaard's only been picked by 0.2% of teams okay. so far this season and it's you know he did 0.2 of the population for height as well <laughs> but Danny Ings five goals in four games across all competitions he's the only player kind of scoring points for them uh, in any consistent way um, so and he's only in the game at 2.4 million we've had a bit of activity um, for him but he was kind of going up from a 0.1% of uh, teams picked to now 0.3% of teams well which done is still what about Jamie Vardy well Vardy uh, we mentioned this last week seemingly I, I mentioned that he seems the most unflustered of all players in the Premier mm. League yes Unaffected Did, by things that are going on perhaps off, off the, the pitch. field. <laughs> and Drama. Then, and then he just goes and scores because that seems to be the thing that. It's the only thing that he Did seems you see to know. He's cup his ears. Yeah. He was getting a bit of stick about his, his missus, wasn't he, at the weekend? And he cupped his ears and sort of gave it mm. all the old, yeah, I don't care. Which seems that it, it might have been getting to him. But mm, I don't know. I don't think it I don't think would have been. He's, um, he's Leicester's top scorer in Dream Team so far this season. Um, he's always going to be good for a goal. And I think this is a sort of game Southampton, Leicester, Leicester. <laughs> away could potentially slip up but it really is a game that will underline their credentials if they want to push for a top four maybe top six I think place. it's key for Southampton as well because they're in a run of the moment of really tough games and, and this is they played Wolves last last week and Drew they got thrashed by Chelsea just before that they've got another couple of big games coming up after this Leicester match and I think we'll know a little bit more about where Southampton are in the picking order going forward after these games Madison not 100% fit last week mm. wouldn't be taking the risk of picking him myself what risks will Nuno take at St James's part this week after Europa League action here's Tom Rennie Newcastle United have won seven of their last 12 home games in the Premier League, as many as they'd won in their previous 25 at St James's Park. And they've performed well in their last couple of matches when the fixture computer has not been too kind. Steve Bruce has shored things up defensively. Now he needs to work on the offence. Who can complement the attacking threat posed by Alan Solmaximin? That's the big question at St James's Park. Well, maybe Dwight Gale, who made his return against Chelsea. That's if Bruce can work him into the same 11 as Joe Linton and Almiron. Wolves' tough start to the season continues, and this will be another tough physical test after facing Slovan Bratislava away in the Europa League on Thursday. Nuno's side struggled to recover from a controversial VAR decision last weekend in their one-all draw with Southampton, but the boss was happy with how much fight his players showed. They'll need that and the goal-scoring touch of striker Raul Jimenez if they're to get anything from this one. He's been involved in 25 Premier League goals for Wolves, 16 scored and 9 assists since signing. That's 10 more than any other player. David Connolly and Alex Crook, a long-time podcaster, will be part of the team at Brighton against Everton for TalkSport at the weekend. It's also available around the world on Premier League Live. Now, I had a sneaky little tip-up last week that Brighton would lose to Villa after beating Spurs. I must admit, I was also pretty confident that Everton would beat West Ham, but they needed a good Pickford save in that game after they went ahead. And although they were much, much better, better balanced, more decisive, a clearer plan... Has it emerged eventually from Marco Silva? Because we were a bit concerned last week that we couldn't work out what his team were. Well, look, I I watched this game closely. I covered it for International and I thought Everton were absolutely superb. West Ham Mm -hmm. were woeful. They were 
atrocious. Mm. No way near the level they should have been. I mean, he made a change at half-time. Uh, he brought on Yarmolenko, but he could have taken anyone of the front unit off. Sebastian Allaire looked like stranded on an island up top. I mean, they were so bad. But I tell you what, Everton were brilliant. They mm. got Tom Davies, Iwobi, Gomez, Walcott. Walcott was great. Walcott oh, was fantastic. Mm. Sidibe, the right back, was a flying machine in place of Coleman. And I thought it was a really good, and I got to say, probably the man of the match and a player who I think is coming for a fair bit of stick and he's taking a while to go was Yerry Mina. I thought he was superb. I thought he was really, really good. I thought maybe he might be a buy that, you know, he was a World Cup buy probably overpaid and had he proved proved himself but I tell you what he was excellent alongside Keane and he dealt with Allaire really well who's a tricky customer Gilfie Sigurdsson coming off the bench no room for oh, him in the what's system what's a goal though that was a great goal well do you know the goal though what is really interesting about the goal is it's far too much time to get the shot away no why did he get okay. the time <laughs> why did he get the time he got the time because he's two footed because he's mm. two footed Jack Wilshere felt he was going to take the shot on from 25 yards with his left foot. And obviously, if he didn't have a left foot, if maybe Wilshere was defending against, I don't know, somebody else, Mo Salai, he'd probably think, well, he's not going to take it with his weaker right foot. I don't know from that sort of distance. Mm. But because Gilfie is able to do that, it just invited a slight challenge. And that enabled then Sigurdsson to work it onto his right foot. And it was almost like a like a free kick type finish. Yeah, I mean, lovely goal. That would not have been possible unless he was so gifted with both feet. Mm. I think Marco Silva is just absolutely buzzing to have got a win. That was so, so needed. Um, I think there's been a lot of talk, obviously, about his position at the club. And, you know, if they lost that game, what that would mean. Um, So I'm quite happy for him. But I still don't think, I don't know, Everton are going to struggle this season. I don't think this is going to be, you know, a magical... Uh, win and then it's going to go upwards from here I think this is going to be an interesting game what I would say is a centre forward didn't score again for them oh, you know, they've which scored is one goal away from home all season exactly. they're as bad as Norwich on the road I so mean, that's got to be sorted out and Iwobi had a fantastic chance put on a plate mm-hmm. and he never looked comfortable never mm-hmm. looked like taking it mm. so that might be a concern for them That and he didn't select Calvert-Lewin so you just wonder away from home what, what sort of Everton side will turn up that's mm-hmm. the thing what, what do you think about Brighton because they started the season with this whole new idea of playing slightly different football They, I thought I haven't seen Brighton play like they did against Tottenham Hotspur in their entire history. Every time I've ever seen Brighton, it's always been quite dour and dogged. And even when you're going back to the old Whitdean days, they never used to blow you away in terms of style. But I'm talking about something that I, I never thought I'd see out of Brighton. I thought their football was absolutely sensational against Tottenham Hotspur. Is that something that actually could cause them a few problems over the course of the season because they're playing slightly more open, therefore they could be more vulnerable. Is it something that they they can make work for them over the course of the campaign? Look, Graham Potter, he got that job because he wants to play a certain way. Mm. Now, otherwise, Chris Hewitt would still be in charge, you know, but they wanted change. They wanted to see more an expansive style of football. So he's had to come in and change things. Mm. He feels playing the way he does with two forwards up top, it really worked against Tottenham. I think they caught Tottenham, you know, when they're very vulnerable. Oh, yeah, well, that's the thing as well. You've got to think about Tottenham season as well. It's yeah. very easy to say, oh, you know, well done. And obviously great result for Brighton, but... They got you off know, to a great start that day as well. Yeah, it's, you know, when you're playing against quite a weak Tottenham side at the moment... Yeah, I but I, I think the Villa game was one where if they had 11 on the pitch 
obviously it would have been would have been different would have been mm-hmm. much different I thought it was silly to get sent off in that I game. was yeah. I mean, the first yellow was Aaron Moy ridiculous. we're talking about yeah. Aaron two Moy, yellow yeah. cards two yellows the first one was ridiculous and, and obviously he's cost his team there because they went 1-0 up uh, Adam Webster former teammate at Pompey who you'll know from down there got mm. a great goal brilliant goal so Good pleased header. for him yeah. and you never know how that game might have panned out with 11 on the pitch as mm-hmm. it is I still think they'll take a lot of confidence from that how they perform with 10 and, and this will be a tough game for Everton pottering along nicely then uh, Trossard back on the bench last week so he could be in the reckoning this week to start the game we'll see and David Connolly is heading down to the Amex you've been down there before haven't you I have yeah, yeah quite a few it's times great. do you know one of the things terrific. I love about them is the way they look after the away fans there they change um, the, the taps of the beer so it's a local ale from where the fans are coming oh, wow. from that's uh, nice yeah, yeah there's some nice little touches uh, that Brian well, put it, on. Look, it is a, a fabulously run club. The training ground, the academy, everything is all Premier League class. It really is. <laughs> OK, it's time for Commentator's Curse. Stats and facts that have emerged to make us believe that they are going to have a worldie this weekend. One of our selections. But once we utter them, we're bound to ruin their chances of a starring role. Well, David is anyway, especially if he's picked one from Arsenal. Uh, Move you gone with? Me? Yeah. You're David, aren't you? <laughs> yes, yeah, so Timu Puki. It's Puki time, let's hope so. I mean, he got off to a great start, um, which is always a challenge in the Premier League, and he got, what, six goals, a couple of assists in his first... Um, five, five games, games yeah. which was incredible. But since then, he's failed to score or assist, be involved in anything of note for the last four. So you reckon he's going to break his duck, his drought is going to come to an end? I think it is against another Manchester side. Let's move on to Nicole. What you got for us? I have to go for Tammy Abraham. Oh, you like Tammy? I do like Tammy. I think he's fantastic. He's only 22 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, Burnley are facing Older Chelsea. Older Rashford. There you go. Burnley are facing Chelsea this weekend. He's had eight goals in nine Premier League games, scored a hat-trick and two braces. Um, I just think he's a brilliant player. And I think, a little voice break there. Uh, I think he's a brilliant player. And I think he will get on the score sheet, especially against Burnley. OK, I've got one for you. You'll like go this on. one. In his last four Premier League games, Aston Villa's Jack Grealish. Oh, I had Jack Grealish down. Why didn't you give me this one then? You gave me the rubbish one. He's been involved in four goals, two goals and two assists, ever since he started having a little nap. Really? He's created 15 chances for his teammates during that period as well. In his first five Premier League games, before the uh, midday snooze, he'd been involved in just one goal. But now he's developed into a real Premier League player. I don't know if you thought this about him last week. I thought he controlled that game against uh, uh, Brighton. I thought he was excellent on that left-hand side. Outstanding. Um, That's brilliant, yeah. And, and, and the England management team, well, I'm, I'm sure, are going to come knocking after. Mm-hmm. He shines at the Etihad this weekend, scores a hat-trick, and City buy him in January for £70 million. <laughs> OK, that might be a little bit stretching it, but um, I think he's going to have a good weekend. Not sure about a hat-trick against City, though. No. <laughs> City have thinking? won nine of their uh, the, the last nine Premier League games against uh, Villa at home by an aggregate score of 30 goals to four. So it's unlikely, isn't it, <laughs> that he's going to score a hat-trick or that Aston Villa are going to score more than one, you would have thought. But or you never he know. score at all. Yes. <laughs> we'll find out. It's live on game day. Uh, it kicks off at 12.30 on TalkSport. It's on Premier League Live across the world, of course. And remember, you can subscribe to this podcast and all our other batch of game day podcasts just by pressing subscribe on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts or on Acast. And make sure you leave us a nice review as well. Thank you very much to Nicole Holiday. 
Thank you. And to David Connolly. Thank you very much. We're all, all on to uh, we're all off to put a bet on uh, Arsenal doing something special over the next week. <laughs> uh, we'll see. In the season. Special. There's a long way to go yet, Sam. Awful long way. That was a game day Premier League preview show, a Talk Sport exclusive podcast. The Premier League All Access podcast is proud to be brought to you by Ladbrokes. The latest odds, we set them. Form guides, we've got them. Expert opinions, we share them. The best fans in the world deserve the best. Be match day ready before the whistle blows with Ladbrokes. Odds updates on Talk Sport with Ladbrokes. Are you in? Let's go. Play at labrooks.com, 18 plus, be gambleaware.org, T's and C's apply.